0: Have you ever tried to get something in your life and you find the more you try to get it, it just seems to move away from you? You can't quite grab a hold of it. You can't pull it to yourself. That's how it is for me in a lot of things. I find that the more effort I put out, the harder it is to get a hold of, the harder it is to bring to me. But if I will just relax and allow it, it will come to me. And my first experience of that I had a very funny lesson. It was in the dream state. It was a lucid dream. And in this dream state, I was a donkey. And I had this man, who was my owner, who had put a load of stuff on my back. I have no idea what it was. And he wanted me to come along, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't budge. I just sat down, and I wasn't going to go anywhere. And so he put this stick into the harness, and hung a carrot on it, you know, the old carrot before the donkey. And well, I saw that, and I started getting up, and then I stopped. And so he took the carrot, and he gave me a bite of it, and that did it. Okay, now I'll go after the carrot. So I was just focused on the carrot, and I'm following the carrot. And the carrot's just always in front of me, and I figure, well, if I just keep walking, I'm going to get to the carrot. I walk, and I walk, and my back's starting to hurt, and I'm getting tired, and I just decide, you no, know, I'm not going anywhere. And I just stop in my tracks, and I'm not budging. And he pulls, and he pulls, and he reaches over to give me the carrot, and I won't do it. I won't do it. I want the whole carrot. I'm not going to take a bite. And so he unloads the load, and I sit down. And as I sit down, the carrot comes bouncing in my face, and I get to eat the whole carrot. <laughs> and I realized in that moment that the lesson for me in that experience was, that if I will just sit down, just be still, and allow it to come to me, it will. But oftentimes, we're like the donkey following after the carrot that's tied in front of us. And no matter how hard we try to get to it, it's ever in front of us. It's out of our reach. We can't get it. And I found very quickly in that experience, all you have to do is be patient. Sit down and be patient, and it will come to me. And I found that to be more and more the case in my life. And today, I found that to be, as I was talking about earlier, I could have gotten up and just chased after the carrot, trying to force my way through something. But instead, I just sat down and was patient, and the carrot came to me. Vijay?
1: Yes, that was a good story. (laughs) Uh, Jim, a while back, actually, maybe a year ago, you gave uh, a message about... um, Asking for things, and one of the things that you mentioned, like people who put a lot of emphasis on winning money, winning the lottery, or, or something like that, and I just was wanting to get clarification and make sure that I got it right. I, I, I just, in my own mind, I picture that I have like 360 degrees around me, and if I stay focused, like if I meditate, oh, I want to win the lottery and do this, but. It would just like give me a limited view of what I can get and all this other that God may have plans for me if I just ask for abundance in his way, or whatever, let that be. But if, if I focus so much on one thing, it keeps me, it may, it may hinder God from giving me the abundance in other ways. Uh,
0: That's it, exactly. That's very good. In meditation, what we want to do is really focus on God mm-hmm. and just sharing our loving with God. And then in that action of loving, allow God's loving to come in to share with us. Mm -hmm. And in that loving is all that is of God. Mm -hmm. Joy, peace, grace, forgiveness, acceptance, and abundance. And abundance is huge. It isn't just money. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the world tends to see abundance as money, as wealth, as possessions. But God's abundance is so much more. And it is all part of that action of the loving, of joy, of peace, of grace, of forgiveness, of acceptance, and all that that is, it is God. Mm-hmm. So if we just focus on money, which often is what we're focusing on with abundance, such is the lottery, mm-hmm. we are limiting ourselves and we're not allowing God to really participate with us in a true divine way. Mm-hmm. God may have something much more than money, much more than a lottery that God wants to bring into our lives but it's up to us to allow God to bring in rather than us trying to force.
1: And that's the part of having faith because how is our our minds supposed to know what's best for us like I feel yeah. like maybe only God does so how can we fathom even thinking well maybe this will happen or that just have faith and, and put yourself in loving and just let it play out and I guess live each day and see what happens, right?
0: You know,
2: that's the challenge because I have my own fantasies (laughs) of lots of money. (laughs) And every time that comes up, sometimes my imagination will just run with it. But after a while, I'll feel this energy of like contraction where it can even start to cause a headache Mm -hmm. because it gets so focused and attached to wanting it to be a certain way that when I feel that, I'm going, all right, I know what that is now. And then I just give it up to God. I say, God, I give this up to you. And when I do that giving up, if I'm giving it up to God, guess where once again I'm placing my focus back to God. So as I give it up to God, I'm really just giving my focus back up to God and letting go of this other focus of what I was doing in my imagination. And ultimately, truly, that's what we have to all do anyway. Even if we get what we wanted, we win the, we win the lotto and we get our millions, eventually we're going to have to give up any attachments anyway to it. And so in a sense, it doesn't really matter what the physical outcome is. Because eventually, for the true freedom, you know, spiritually, we're going to need to let go of all attachments to anything in this world, no matter what it is. But the nice thing is, when we really make God our main focus, if we're we're meant to win the lottery or whatever, if it's around money, Mm -hmm. then it'll come in. Because that's the avenue by which God will bring it for those life experiences, as Jim was saying, that sometimes we're meant to have for our greater learning and growth. But the nice thing is, when we give it up to God, if it does come forward that way, it really is in alignment with God's Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. that it's really there to assist us in our greater freedom. And if it doesn't come in, then that's what's really, whatever comes in instead, if it's not that, then that's really in alignment with what God wants to bring forward for our soul's greater awakening and moving into the greater freedom in our expression.
1: So, like if I do buy a ticket, it's like, well God, if it's meant to be, let it be, and don't be there like, okay, let me win, please. I really need this fact Because theres I know there's got to be a huge responsibility about that. I've heard a lot of stories. So if you do do it, just give it to God and say, if it is, it is. And just try to be neutral with it or just stay away from it. I, like, I don't really don't play, but, I mean, I just
2: well, – sometimes
1: it is, it's there and it's, it's funny. You,
2: know? you do both. You know, one of the things we always encourage on this pathway is don't avoid. Participate in your life. If you're struggling with it, just like Jim said he was struggling in the meditation with his mind and he finally said, all right, let me just go into the mind, Mm -hmm. he stopped the struggle. He went into it and was willing to experience and learn from his experience. So that's the key. Don't struggle, don't resist or avoid. Go into it. If it's calling you, there's something there for you to learn, just like Jim shared from his meditation just this evening. There's a wonderful learning that took place. And in the learning, by allowing himself to go into that experience, then the freedom came. So sometimes, you know, maybe it is meant to go into some experiences because it's in having the experience that the freedom comes. The struggle is not experience. Trying to avoid it or ignore it is not experience. It's allowing ourselves to be okay with whatever it is. And that's what I've learned to do on this. You know, for, for years I had avoided trying to do certain things physically, thinking that I don't want to get caught up in the world and then I got more karma to deal with and then, oh, I want to get out this lifetime, you know, that type of approach. Well, for years I'd done that, and again, all I had done is created depression and chronic fatigue, Mm -hmm. and Jim kept going, well, what are you doing? Take some action, participate, get involved, do your life, don't avoid it, and as soon as I started doing it, all of a sudden, I got more energy, the joy came back, and all of a sudden, I had the greater spiritual freedom showed up, because I went and participated in my physical life. Mm -hmm. I was doing the meditations, I was doing the inner work, but I wasn't allowing myself to To experience the fullness. Otherwise, why am I here in this physical body if I'm not allowing myself to participate in this physical world while I'm keeping my eyes on God? All right. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. You know, a lot of us have a certain area where we focus more on. Mine is imagination. I like to run with my imagination of all the things I'd like my ideal scene and how I'd love my life to be in every aspect. Some of it's it's more emotionally lived. We have we focus more on emotions. Other others of us are more, more mental. We figure things out. We're the more the engineer types or you know architectural types. So my, my my father has a computer program, very the mind, and so he did his work very well because that's what was needed, but that's where he lived from more. Because so a lot of times we'll find ourselves, just like we may be more of a feeler or more visual or more auditory or more of a knower. Kind of the same thing here. Sometimes we live more from one of those levels of uh, body, mind, emotions, or imagination. Or some of us unconscious, like Alzheimer's. It's more of an unconscious state. So there's all those levels, um, which it's nice to have the awareness. This is just tidbits of information. Um, But if you pay attention, you can learn out of that. That's why I'm sharing it right now, that if you see, begin to understand how you function more, that then you can allow that to be okay and come and do the acceptance of your process of how you live. And then in that acceptance, it allows the greater action of loving to come in where you can now begin to get the greater freedom of any attachments of dealing whatever realm that is that you're really more living from. And ultimately, no matter what it is, though, it always is just focused back on God. Yeah.
3: I was just wondering, as we move through these levels towards soul and, and on to God. I have an idea, and you've talked about, you both have talked about the astral, the creative imagination, the psychic realm, and some of the dynamics involved. What is actually dealt with? And I, I mean, I know it seems obvious in terms of emotion, but what are some of the, the dynamics that are dealt with in that level? I mean,
0: With the emotions? Mm-hmm. A lot of what I have found for the emotional nature is where, uh, for me, it's the levels of insecurity or fear or anxiousness, desires, needs, wants, all rise up as an emotional, it's like waves of energy. And they are ever pushing at me. They're undefined, and thus I really can approach it also through the mind to, con- to connect definition or an awareness to that movement of energy that is emotional in nature. Uh, They just are undefined and then they're ever pushing at me and making me feel uncomfortable, disturbed, irritated, anxious, whatever. But if I can look at that and begin to define the wave of energy that's there, I then can understand it. And through understanding I can begin to move that into action rather than just this constant reaction and stirring of energy.
3: And if this is all new, and I mean I don't know how you mean to get the mind to have an understanding of those. I mean if they all come flooding up, I don't know what to. Do. I don't know what to do with them.
0: With the emotions. Right. Well, one thing I did early on when I was uh, in my early teens was to write down all my emotions, just to write them down, make a list, as I felt them, and then I would put down definitions over on the other side, what my my mind told me this was. You know, what am I afraid of? Uh, Or, it would just give me certain words that were reflected to certain things. And then I'd see if it was really true. For instance, when I was a child, I used to, uh, when my mom would get me dressed up to go somewhere, to go to a doctor, to go to church or whatever, I would Uh, often go out and play and then get dirty waiting to go to church or waiting to go to the doctor or waiting to do something. And my mom would yell at me and get all upset because I had gotten dirty. Well, after a while, uh, as I was growing up, if I got something on my clothes, I'd go into this reaction. It was like, oh my God, you know, I've done something awful. It's wrong. I can't let anybody see it. I've got to hide it. I've got to go change clothes. I can't be out in public like this. And I could never figure out what that feeling was, why I would go into this emotional reaction around a soiled cloth. But I did, until finally I sat down and I started writing out all these words that came up with this feeling. And during that time, I was able to define where it came from. And it was my mother yelling at me for having got dirty as a child. And all the feelings that I came up that came up with disappointing her, with doing something that she didn't want me to do. And, and, and it helped me to understand that, that emotion and to bring it into a different process. Rather than being in reaction, I could just go into acceptance and go, oh, got something on my clothes, and just go on with my life and not get so upset about it. Does that help?
3: Yeah, I guess I was confused because I was thinking of traveling in these planes. Of oh, you're meditation <laughs> out of body.
0: Right. Oh, okay. That's different. I'm in body right now talking about that.
2: The inner, the outer kingdom rather than the inner kingdom, right.
0: right? Okay. So in the inner journey, when you're going through the emotional realm, one, you'll be chanting the name of God, which really carries with that the divine grace of transformation, of loving. And you have the authority of the name of the Lord of that realm go into that realm and to truly through loving work whatever karmas are there, whatever emotional disturbance that has been blocking you from going to God, you now have the authority to go in there and to neutralize it through loving, to bring it to peace, to open that avenue wider for you to go higher and higher and connect back into the realms of soul and spirit. And so if you are in meditation and emotions begin to stir, Just hold your attention on the name of God. Don't focus on the emotions. Don't focus on the stirring, but focus on the loving. Focus on the name of God. Now, if it's an emotion that is a part of the loving in your meditation, that's one thing. If it's an emotion having to do more with this physical creation, then it's another. If it's of the physical creation, If it's of that emotional nature of the physical, then that's where you want to hold your attention on the name of God, on the loving, and that the grace of the Holy Spirit that's working in that name bring neutrality to that area. But if it's an energy of loving that is devotion that is welling up inside of you, ride with that because that will be the energy by which uh, you'll be lifted higher and higher in your meditation.
3: One of the predominant, and I think you've heard me talk about this, one of the predominant emotions I always experience in meditation as I seem to be moving through these things is fear, terrifying fear. And so I can get into emotion, the emotion, meditation, I can get into the starry night, I can get into various, where I think I'm connecting with spirit and light, and then the fear comes in, and it is absolutely overwhelming, and I don't know what to do with it.
0: So. Could it be defined differently than fear? You have a feeling, and you've defined it as fear. And so you're responding to it as an element of fear. But could it have a different definition? That's what I'm talking about. It may be an energy that's misdefined. And maybe if you could find, could it be a sense of unworthiness? Could it be a sense of, um, well, I would say unworthiness. Yeah. That's really, to me, it's more that than it is fear. I don't know that you're that fearful as much as it's a sense of unworthiness, that I'm unworthy of God's loving, I'm unworthy of this opportunity, I'm unworthy to go higher, whatever that might be. And maybe there's a fear attached to it in the sense of, well, gosh, I better not step across that line because I don't know, that lightning bolt might just come down. Or is it a fear of what I'm going to see, where I'm going to go, who's going to come at me?
3: There's some of that, but I think
0: think the unworthiness is probably the biggest. I think that's more the energy, because when you talk about it, that's the energy that really comes in. It's not a fear of, oh my God, I'm going to see a ghost. It's a sense of unworthiness. And, And it's very interesting, because God's love is so huge... I mean, it's just so abundant. And it's like, how do we squeeze it all into this shell? How do we, how do we bring it into ourselves and, and really allow it to just be with us and to flow with us and to move us? And that's the game here, is to learn to just relax into the flow of loving. That's what the Holy Spirit is. That's what the audible live stream is. It's that river of loving. And it's learning to allow to just be open, to be vulnerable, and to allow that loving to move in us and through us and carry out anything that isn't loving so that we really stand in loving, we move in loving, we are loving in all that we do and all we say in every moment as much as we can. And there may be elements inside of you that you feel unworthy to receive that loving. You place judgments on yourself. Or you've allowed other people to place judgments on you. And you've accepted those judgments and believed them to be true. And you're holding on to those definitions and saying, well, I've got these in the way I can't, Lord. You can't love me. You can't come in here because I've got this. And God's going, no, you don't. That's an illusion. That's not true. I love you. You are loving. It's just a matter of start giving those things up. Stand in the fear, love the fear, be in the fear, and walk through it. And and until you really do confront what that element of energy you call fear is and just find a way to move through it, it's going to stop you. It's going to be that barrier to keep you from going further. We have all kinds of different things that we allow or we place between us and the Lord. And it's up to us now to go back into those areas and to dissolve them. And the only thing that dissolves all this is loving. And the grace of the Holy Spirit that comes with that loving as an initiate and in the name of God that you have anchored in you in your initiation. That's the keys to the kingdom. And it's those keys that will unlock the door, but you've got to walk through the door. And then you've got to meet all those things in the kingdom you're in that you've placed between you and the Lord, and just love them, and honor them, and forgive them, and accept them. So go in and accept whatever that is that you call fear. Go in and forgive it. Go in and love it. And that will it'll dissolve.
2: You know, one of the biggest things is that this is a great leap of faith. <laughs> because we don't want to go into our fears at all. And that's why this pathway is challenging for people. And that's why not many people really walk it and gain the greater spiritual freedom is because they will avoid those fears. But if in your meditation, just allow yourself to experience whatever that is and no longer resist it and allow it to come present in your consciousness while maintaining that inner focus of loving is how you begin to get your freedom. I don't know any other way. I really don't. I've avoided things like I was saying earlier, you know, and I got the results that went with that. You know, some way or another, it's reflected in us or through us where our life seems like it starts to break down in one way or another. But once we begin to allow ourselves to really move in and through the experience, all of a sudden things start to change again for the better. And it really is easier just to go into it rather than resist it. I wish there was a different way. But yet I don't, because now that I know how it works, I just allow myself to go into those things now, no matter how scary they may seem, that all of a sudden when you go into it, that that feeling level of what you're talking about just begins to dissolve because of the intention of which you're going into it with. If you go into it with reaction, that's different. We're talking about allowing ourselves to experience these things with the intention of that greater freedom and awakening into that greater oneness and loving with God. And that's part of the action of the grace that God extends to one who approaches it that way, on this pathway that we practice here. It's automatic. See, God's always there assisting us, but then we've got to allow ourselves to participate and do our part. And our part really is pretty simple. It's just allowing ourselves to experience and not resist. And that's that's, that's it in a nutshell. And there's really nothing more to overcome or nothing more you need to do to change that or make it different. The way that it becomes different is just really just say, okay, let me just experience this and see what it's about. Because it's there, everything in our life is there to teach us something, to come into that greater understanding. And all we have to do is allow ourselves to have the experience and then the understanding will show up. And then the fear will dissolve. Because once you have the understanding, there's no more need once you have had the experience and you've learned what it's there to teach you. There's just no more need for it. It's done in that way. And that's where it's called you just, you just do it type of thing. Sooner or later, you will. It's just preparation, getting yourself geared up to like, OK, today will be the day. Oh, no, not today. Then you go, OK, maybe tomorrow. So you approach it again. And that's all OK. Don't make it hard on yourself. It's already hard enough with what you're going through. But eventually, you'll get to the point where you're like, you know what? What is it I'm doing here? And eventually, we will all of a sudden just let go. When and why it's a certain way, it just is. But, you know, and do what you can to set up a supportive environment. That's why it's good to nurture yourself, to be gentle, but also not avoid those things that are scary in that way. So, it's called take care of yourself in this way. So approach it wisely, um, even though you really don't know what you're going to experience. But it is a leap of faith. But if you're willing to take it, you'll get what goes with that, and that's the freedom.
0: Thanks. May I say one thing? Yeah, sure. If you're seeing the starry sky, look into the sky and see if you find the bright star, the sun. And when you do confront or that fear confronts you, see if you can look up and find that bright light again and hold your attention on the light, on that brilliant light, that will pull you through it. That will pull you above it very quickly. It will transform it. Because that light is your goal. That is moving towards the soul level of that realm and to that element that is your soul in that realm that you're wanting to reclaim so that you can go higher. So if you hold your attention there, your soul will pull you up into that higher part of itself.
3: And that's exactly where I'm stuck.
0: That's it. Does that help? Very much so. Okay. Good.
2: You know, it's funny, that whole phrase, there's sunny days ahead, that um, that comes from the inner realms because the soul level of every one of these levels, there's a bright sun that looks just like our physical sun, just like it. And all you have to do is move into that. But on lower parts of that, the lower levels of that, it'll appear as a starry night sky because it's darker. And as you go higher and higher within that realm, it gets lighter and lighter. Mm -hmm. And at the very top is a bright sun and a brilliant blue clear sky. Does that make sense? Moving all the darkness to the lightness, and all you have to do is go right on into that sun and burn, baby, burn, (laughs) (laughs) then you're free.
3: It actually is making more sense because, and I talked to Jim about this before, but on the astral level, was able to move into the light and came through that. And now on the emotional level, I'm just absolutely stuck. I cannot go there, and that's for all reasons you talked about.
0: You will on time. It takes time. Like I said, I wish it could be done overnight, but it takes time. We have no idea all the creations of stuff we have placed between us and the Lord on all these different realms within our consciousness over many, many lifetimes. And we now have to got to go through those and dissolve them. And if we have been monks and priests and nuns, if we have been murderers and thieves and liars and deceivers. And donkeys. And donkeys and... <laughs> jackasses, and <laughs> that's <is me. laughs> <laughs> then we've got to go through whatever that is and just dissolve it. So just keep putting the, lo- the Lord before you, put the grace before you, call out the name of God and put it before you, put the loving around you and through you and beyond you and before you, and you'll find you'll make your – it may be one step, one new step that you make in a realm in a particular meditation but that's one step further than you were before. And then eventually you'll look back and you'll go, wow, look how far I've come. Sometimes we don't realize how far we have gone forward because all we are aware of is what's right in front of us. And it seems like we're stopped. It seems like we're not moving. But if we're meditating, if we're holding the name of God before us, if we keep putting God before us, we are getting somewhere. We are moving forward
2: and I want to share this, it can take years of meditation just to move through one of these levels, if you're truly devoted. It can take you a couple years to move through there, and then another couple, three years to move through here, and then some more through here.
3: That's really encouraging, thanks, Brian.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling it to you like it is. (laughs) That's why I said earlier, one day at a time for the rest of your life. It's a lifelong journey. Some people. Though, just like Jim said, there's one person who knew just woke up. But you see, in another lifetime, he had done all the years to get all the freedom, and all of a sudden, he only had to do a little bit that lifetime, where all of a sudden, he just now wakes up to the truth. And it's just, I'm just saying that because you never know, whatever lifetime you're in, it may take years, or maybe it's only going to be months. But for most people, generally, that's why I'm saying this generally, it can take a couple, three years for every single level to go through here in a general sense. Believe me, it's very different individually. And that's why I'm saying it. It could be one year here, it could be 20 years here. It's different for everybody. But I want to give you a general sense by saying years so that you're patient. Give yourself time. You know, when I first got initiated, you know, you start here. (laughs) The starry night sky, the beginning of the astral realm, that's the first level of going out of the body into the outer kingdom. Well, when I got initiated, that oh, for sure, I'm going to start right at the soul level. <laughs> when I get initiated, I'm done. No more. I'm done with this life. I'm free. Well, in a sense, that's true, but then you've got to wake up to the truth of it. And that's where the part that takes years in that way. But if you realize that, sure, it can sound discouraging in one way, but also by hearing that you can begin to relax and stop the pushing and not have the concern or worry. How come I'm not moving faster? Am I progressing? Why is this taking so long? That's part of the reason I'm saying that. So you can let go of any expectations of it happening overnight. Because remember, just like Jim was saying earlier, about how when he found he pushes on things, it just seems to keep the carrot out there. But all of a sudden, when you sit down and relax, all of a sudden it comes right to you. That's what I'm talking about. Sit down and relax, and then all of a sudden it'll open up for you. Because if you let go of the expectations and having it right now, all of a sudden it happens quicker. So um, there's Anne behind you, and then one back here. (laughs) I don't
4: remember what I wanted to ask. Oh, what, what you've just been saying how to deal with fear or unworthiness or whatever. This was in meditation, is that correct? Mm -hmm. But in the physical life, is it okay uh, if if an emotion like, it seems to me the emotion I'm thinking of that, that happened to me recently out of the blue was like this kind of fear, and I looked at it and I said, wow. And I really didn't even pay it enough attention to let my mind figure out where it came from. I recognized it. I said, oh, hello. <laughs> I had spent so much of my life in that state, in a terrible, terrible state, hopeless and at the bottom of the Just terrible. But I didn't mess with it. I, I just, I don't know. I recognize it all
2: right. You, I can't you, say I loved it. You know, it's <laughs> nice, it's nice though what you're saying though, by not messing with it, you don't get in the way. Really, the emotions are, there's no, there's nothing wrong with emotion. Remember, emotion is energy in motion. What causes the problems or the blocks is when we stop and place a dam on that energy in motion and it backs up on us. That's when we have the problems. But if we just let the energy flow and let the emotion just keep on moving, then there's no mess. Just like you said, you didn't make a mess out of it. Because to me, I hear you saying you were just open and letting it move. So of course there's no mess. That's all you have to do. But most, of, a lot of the time, though, we'll somehow resist or go into reaction. And as we do that, we, we close off. We shut down that flow of the energy in motion. No longer is it in motion, so guess what? It builds and builds and builds and builds until all of a sudden there's that eruption and it just floods, or the anger outburst, or the floods of tears and sadness and depression, or we're overexcited, excitable. Those are extremes, if you will, because the doors have been closed that we've shut down inside of ourselves, and then that energy's built and built rather than just letting it flow. And so those big anger outbur- outbursts or emotional floods. Those aren't necessarily unhealthy. Sometimes that's the energy now breaking free and once again moving to restore the balance that it was meant to be. We just did not allow that. But if we allow that, and then the energy starts to now, the flood's done, now the gates are open. Now keep the gates open so that it can just continue to flow. We live multidimensionally, from God down through the unconscious down through the mind, down through the emotions, down through the imagination, into the physical, and then back on up to God. It's always in motion. And if we place any dams, blocks, just, you know, whatever that may be, resistances that stop that flow, that's when we have disturbance. That's when we have problems. And so this whole process is, is just, like we say, let go and let God. Let go of the blocks so that that flow of God can just run its normal course. That's just living in the moment. That's living the loving. That's the beingness that we're all hoping to experience. But this is how we go into the actual experience so that we can move beyond the hope and let go of even the hope. So what you're doing from what you're saying, that's all you need to do. That's why I said earlier, truly we don't need forgiveness and acceptance and all these other tools. Because if we can just live in the loving, there's no need for all those tools. We need or use those tools because they help us to open the doors inside to let the flow once again move the way it was originally normally meant to move. Does that make sense?
4: Yep. Lots of it.
2: <laughs> Great. And then we had one back here. If you want to pass the microphone,
5: no, I had one.
2: So the more simple you can make this, the better. But we share all kinds of different details in here because we all work in different ways. So we need each our own unique way. And Gemini and, and what we do in Interlight Ministries is to try to address so many different ways or tools by which we can come into that flow within ourselves. And that's why we talk about so many things. But the downside of talking about so many things is that it can get confusing if we try to use all those tools we talk about in here because it can be overwhelming. Only work with those things that you feel are necessary for you. You're better off choosing one and working with that for a while instead of trying to work three or four at once or more. Work with one for a while. Maybe that's all you need. I used to do so many things, and I got so overwhelmed, I didn't even have time for my core focus of my meditation, which was just loving God. I was busy doing forgiveness, busy doing protection meditations, busy doing trying to clear all these different astral causal, mental etheric levels inside of me that I just lost my focus on God. And finally, I said, I don't even have time to meditate anymore. So I said, forget all this. I stopped all of it and went back to just chanting the names of God and sharing my loving with God. And that's all I do to this day. Except for once in a while, if I feel a block, I say, okay, I just love you. That's the two I'll use. Loving and acceptance and forgiveness. Those are the three keys you hear us talk about over and over. It's simple. Keep it simple. All that other stuff is a big mind game. But if a little tool and the key, key in the mind game does open a door, then it works for you. But keep it simple. Don't make all these other things. That's why we don't have a college course on how to achieve soul transcendence. We just say meditate. Because it's really that simple. So we'll keep saying that over and over because it really is. We only need Maybe really we only need one thing, and that's just really our loving for God. But if we have a couple other little keys that help us to live in that whenever we have a disturbance, an inner block that can help open that up so we can be in the loving with God, then those are valuable then. So I don't want to discount them when I say we don't need them. I don't want to discount them because they're very valuable when we just can't seem to get in that flow of loving with God because then they are valuable. Jane? Didn't make
5: it. I say silently to myself uh, frequently, um, sanctify and purify me. Uh, Would you elaborate on that concept and as far as uh, perhaps limitation or the effect or the consequence?
0: So, state that one more time because I lost something. The consequences are good.
5: Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I say, uh, sanctify and purify me to God.
0: Well, the one thing you want to look at and realize is the soul is holy and the soul is pure. God does not have to sanctify or purify anything because you are that. If you know that, then you just go on into your meditation knowing that I am a divine, living, loving essence of the Lord. And you move forward. If you're ever holding to, please, Lord, purify me and sanctify me, what you're really saying is, I have sinned. I am unworthy. I have done wrong. Please, I don't know what to do. So you take care of it for me. Please make me sacred. If you go in and proclaim your sanctity, then you will wake up to that. But if you go in ever saying, please, bring to me sanctity. Make me sacred. Then you were ever proclaiming those things that are against your holiness.
5: So what is a good launching statement?
0: I love you, Lord. I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm coming to you in loving. I open to receive your loving. I am your loving.
5: I am your love. Mm-hmm.
2: And just like last week, we talked about the inner kingdom and the outer kingdom. Part of what Jim was saying, I love you, Lord, is part of that aspect of, the, of awakening to our oneness with God But sometimes in the inner kingdom within this body and the chakra system of our own mind, emotional, imaginational process, that sometimes we need to talk to that part of ourselves. And that's where positive affirmations come in. That's where you can say, I am sanctified. I am pure. I am loving. That's the inner kingdom. And sometimes maybe that's the area that we need to love, accept, and forgive inside of ourselves so that we can be in that state of loving with God. Does to that make sense? move away from
5: unworthiness and uh, feeling of, um, uh, of that.
2: That's right, because that sense of any unworthiness or whatever it is, is inside of us. Not, not, not there with God. It's really inside of us. And so all we have to do is now love, accept, and forgive, whatever that is, so that we can be in that loving with God.
0: We've accepted a belief system or a feeling. We've put something between us and the Lord, and we just need to move on past it. We don't want to focus on it. We don't want to keep feeding it. The more you give it energy, the bigger the wall becomes.
5: So launch from the point that is already past. Mm
0: -hmm. Just focus on loving God, and love dissolves it all. You know,
2: Bill's doing his abundant class right now, and we have, he's using the abundance tapes, one and, uh, one and two, we do an affirmation process where we say, I am great, yeah. I am loving, I am joyful. It's a powerful, affirming yeah. way to move all those energies within the inner kingdom. And because of the force, the power, the enthusiasm we put into it is how one way to break free of those blocks that we placed inside of here. So if you just are sitting there going, okay, I forgive you, I love you, and nothing's happening, Sometimes having this more powerful type of outer expression as you do it inwardly with the outer action with it, such as that exercise on the abundance tape, that sometimes it may take that level of enthusiasm, we'll call it, to really open that up and shake it free inside of us. In other words, you just keep trying until it moves. Try different things until all of a sudden the door opens and then that flow of loving is there once again. And you'll have a knowing. If you don't have the knowing, you don't know if anything's going on or not, keep doing it because part of this awakening process is coming into the divine knowing, the knowing of it, not just, well, I hope something happened. I know something happened.
5: Thank you. Uh, Another uh, question I had for you to elaborate on something you said perhaps in passing, like it was um, in Alzheimer's there's just an awareness of what? What did you mean?
2: It's a state of unconsciousness.
5: But Also, it, did it imply that there's activity going on? Only there's
2: the, there's there always could activity. There be tremendous
5: spiritual activity going on.
2: There always is. Yes. These bodies don't have life without the spirit. All I'm saying when I said that at, in, this can change at different stages in life, that we can live more from a different level within us. Just like I was saying, I, I tend to have more imagination running like, you know, visualizing or fantasizing of how I th- the ideal way my life I wish it were in all aspects. Where somebody else may be really more in the emotions and the expression of their emotions rather than, you know, imagination. Where somebody else may be more of the mind and figuring things out. Like, like I say, engineers or architects are, you know, great examples of that. And the etheric level is, is the unconscious, which is another level of the mind. It's the unconscious mind. And somebody with Alzheimer's is really more in this place of unconsciousness where they don't have the the level of a conscious awareness of these other faculties. So they're living more in that state of unconsciousness. D- but that- because there's a soul through all these levels and they're still in a the body, there's activity going on all the time. It's just that we're not aware
0: of it. In have you that- ever fallen asleep in meditation? That's going into the etheric. That's going unconscious. But there's still something going on. And you might even come back after your meditation still chanting the name of God and going, how am I doing that? I was asleep. You weren't. You were just in in the unconscious part of your beingness. But activity was still taking place. Or you may come back and not be aware of your chanting, but you're aware something was happening. What was that? What was that? It was in the unconscious. And you're not going to pull it back into the conscious because it isn't a part of the conscious beingness of yourself.
5: Is unconscious a, a, a different realm uh, that is higher or does that word relate?
0: There's no higher or lower. Yeah, There's it. just beingness. Thank you. Yeah. So it, we just draw it this way and it looks like one's higher than the other but they're all just states of being. There's no one higher than, than the other.
5: Hi. <clears throat> Hi. You've just answered the first part of my question, but I have another part of my question. Um, basically, um, I've been meditating a lot and I think I'm making great progress, but in my daily life I find the biggest block to staying connected is like chronic physical pain, and how do I deal with that um, in my head? There you go.
0: Well. One is to accept it as something that's present in the moment, the chronic pain, and to keep moving forward knowing that I am not the pain. I am not this body. I am something more than that. And I am using this body as a means by which to have experience. And if this pain is a part of my experience in this moment, then I will experience it in the process of my daily life. And... Talk to the pain. Ask the pain. Share with me. Who are you? Why are you here? What are you about? How did you come about? And in time, in asking and talking and sharing with it, it will begin to reveal itself to you and begin to share itself with you and until you have a different relationship with it than you might have right now.
5: And I've heard that chronic pain is usually like subconscious sense of guilt, but when I like, think about it. I don't carry around any guilt, you
0: know, so. It may not be guilt. It may be other things. I wouldn't try to define it right now. I would just talk with it, love it, and see if it won't reveal itself to you. If you name it and it's not that, it'll start trying to live what you're naming it to be Mm -hmm. and then it may even intensify it or it may reshape it into something even more because you're defining it in a certain way, it may be called unmanifested loving. But you're saying, no, no, you're guilt. You're not unmanifested loving. You're guilt. Okay. And it goes, oh, I am? No, it's oh, a, okay.
2: guilty of unmanifested loving. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it'll start reshaping itself to manifest as guilt. And guilt may be a whole different manifestation of something other than just unmanifested loving. So if you talk to it, it may say, oh, well, here's what I am. This is why I'm here. You placed me here because you didn't know what to do with me, so what do you want to do with me now that you know who I am? And maybe you'll be able to move it into a different expression and relieve some, if not all, the pain.
2: All you right. Know, one of the things, um, this is the other part um, with and with what we are talking about it, I wanted to share too, is even though we are talking about doing things in meditation, you can do this throughout the whole day when we talk about in meditation doing these things is because that's a very focused, intended time with you and God. But the idea is, because when you give it that one-pointed focus and all your attention there without all the distractions, there's a greater power there, there's a greater awareness, there's a greater consciousness present in that action. And when we have our eyes, o- when we have our eyes open and we're going about the day physically, that we don't have that same type of inner focus because we're busy focusing out here doing things. But if we can have, keep that, maintain that inner awareness like we experience in meditation as we're doing the day, I would say that's the goal to go for so that you live the meditation all day long. And that is you're going through the day, like if all of a sudden you're really experiencing pain or fear or unworthiness or whatever it may be, that even as you're just doing the day, even with your eyes open, you can just say, I love you. I love you and I'm okay with you. And Lord, I'm open to learn whatever this is here to teach me and I'm grateful for this experience." And so when we have that type of focus, we take the pressure off of ourselves of trying to figure it out. Because just like I said earlier, with my imagination I'll feel this pressure. The mind will do the same thing with trying to figure things out. We start to put this internal pressure on ourselves And a lot of the way the answers come and a lot of the way we get relief is to take that pressure off. So if we can focus on God and loving, that is a state of no pressure. There's no tension in that, in that place of beingness and freedom and neutrality. That's where we'll get the greater freedom. And all of a sudden, as we open to that, that's why we all say, focus on God first and go to God, because in that, that place of beingness of that unconditional loving with no pressures, things can just be. And then everything's okay. Pain... Painful or pain-free, it's all okay. That okayness all of a sudden begins to bring forward the understanding of all of our life experiences.
0: And it's nine o'clock. And I guess I'm done.
2: <laughs> I love that when that happens.
0: <laughs> so I guess that's it. <laughs> I do want to just remind you one more time about Sunday, 10 o'clock, at the Target at IH35 in Palmer for the Coins for Kids shopping day. Just bring yourself, bring your joy, bring your little kid inside, bring a little kid outside, and we'll supply the money and a list to go shopping. And it's just a blast. If you haven't done it, come and have a good time. And afterward, we'll have lunch. So Yeah, on ILM, we treat yeah, everybody treat to lunch. So. so create enough time in the afternoon, say from 10 until 1, 1.30, uh, to be able to really enjoy it. And we'll see you there, or we'll see you maybe next Tuesday. God bless.